0: Welcome to what the if? Brought to you through the power of
1: electrons. Lots and lots of electrons. Lots of you electrons. Don't, don't skip the electrons. Oh. <laughs>
0: Those electrons they're just like hopping they're like no, we're back. those were now yeah, not just through the electrons in the electronic devices that we're using here, but I suppose the electrons in my finger that got uh, punchy.
1: yeah I mean it's it's electrons all the way down, so that's okay that's right that's right and all the way up mm-hmm there's no lack of electrons yeah.
0: Electrons, kind of the uh, people are certainly familiar with them a little bit, but I, I would say unheralded heroes, perhaps. The salt of the earth, the 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 working, in fact, salt. I guess depending on what the arrangement, of electrons. Um, well,
1: salt also has electrons. Yeah, that's right. Um, but basically, it's um, yeah. Without electrons, it would be it would be a, a hard world. Um, as you say, our fingers wouldn't work. Um, but uh but really our, our daily civilization, I think, has come to rely on these these tiny little buggers.
0: You know, I'm writing it down. I'm writing it down as how it happens. What the if there were no electrons? That's not today's show, but I'm making that in a note for a future. A future show. And those of you who are listening, by the way, we run with ideas inspired by you, suggested by you. And so if at any time during the show, some of you may have already thought of something just randomly. You come up with an idea for an if. If you feel the if coming on, send it our way. Uh, whattheif.com. You can just, there's, a, there's a, a box there right there on the front page where you can uh, send us a note with your idea, or you can email us, as some people have been doing, feedback mm-hmm. at whattheif.com. And uh, shout-out to those of you who have been using that uh, email address. Again, What the whattheif.com, just the website. You can do that as well. And uh, today's IF is um, brought to us by or in honor of your students, Matt, at New York mm-hmm. University. That's correct. Is it Am a I... particular—yes.
1: Uh, my, my hard-working students here who have uh, persevered through the— uh, difficult times of remote learning, um, and uh, nonetheless have brought uh, interesting and challenging ideas. So we're going to grapple with some of those today. Right
0: on, right on. And uh, speaking of
1: remote learning,
0: another thing that would not be possible without—not just electrons, but electricity. Yeah, one might say. Mm-hmm. I love this idea. This is this is you said. This is a topic that. Uh, your students enjoy, particularly. Is it, is it, a, I'm going to mention it in a moment. So this is a little bit of a tease. Mm-hmm. But is this, if when you mention this, when you present this as, as the t- topic of the day of a class or something, is the reaction laughter, excitement, fear? What would you say?
1: Um, there's a, a thing that often happens with talking about the the history of science, as I sometimes do, um, which is that uh, people have a hard time imagining that things could have been different. Right? So nowadays, we have electricity all around us. We've got our gadgets. We've got various machines and tools. <clears throat> and it seems like uh, because those are the ones we have, those are clearly the best ones or like the right ones, right? We wouldn't have these particular ways of doing things um, if those weren't the best choices. Um, But it turns out that that's uh, often not the case, that there's all sorts of uh, weird contingencies is the technical term um, that made things end up how they are. Uh, And it's often not hard to imagine how the contingencies could have gone um, a different way and uh, we could have ended up with something different. Yeah, the what what the if kind of alternate history? Yeah, that's right. And and for some things, we don't have any trouble imagining alternate histories. Like, what if there was a world where Justin Bieber was never popular? That's not hard <laughs> to imagine. I lived in that world. I lived in that world before <laughs> yeah. he came, and uh, it was terrible. It was awful. Yeah, but uh, so barren. Uh, but, so war. There was there was like <laughs> there, there was nothingness. There was nothingness the... but rock, and space. The horrible. Yeah. But with technical things, uh, we're often reluctant to do that kind of thing um, because we say, well, you know, just that whether or not people like Justin Bieber is just an arbitrary cultural thing. Whereas things like how electricity uh, works and how machines um, function uh, seems like a different kind of thing, that that uh, shouldn't be subject to the the, the mores and vicissitudes uh, of human culture.
0: Yeah, yeah,
1: that is interesting.
0: And so today's topic is what the if Thomas Edison won the electricity wars wars. And so at what time period are we talking about here? We're fork- we talking the- about
1: the, the late 19th century, um, the, uh, probably the last quarter of the 1800s or so. Um, and the, the battleground was really right here in New York City. Too. Um, so it's helpful to think of uh, um, very, uh, um, very poorly armed street gangs of electricians going at each other.
0: very au courant (laughs) could happen any day now everyone's up in arms (laughs) uh
1: yeah so the 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 story as it's usually told is um uh this rivalry between um uh, nikola tesla who's uh a, a serbian immigrant um uh who's this extremely uh I don't know how to how to say this gently, an extremely odd fellow. Um, He uh, he dresses in this dapper European way that's quite shocking to uh, the people he meets on the streets of uh, New York City. He's obsessed with the number three. Everything he does has to be in threes. Um, Wow. Uh, he goes swimming every morning, uh, which is extremely uh, unusual thing to do at the time. This was not a an, an era, and of course, you know the number of laps he swims has to be a factor of three and things like so that. I'm
0: going I'm to bring in some Tesla music. This will this will okay. be Tesla's music. Mm-hmm. So gonna, it's going to be Tesla versus Edison. And so here's here's Tesla's music, ladies and gentlemen. Nikola Nikola or Nicholas Nikola Nikolai. Nikolai Tesla, Mm -hmm. indeed, coming in at um, how many pounds do we think?
1: I don't know. Oh, that's a good question. He was a fairly slim fellow. I don't have a number at hand. All right, so this is kind of a welterweight battle. Yeah, that seems perhaps. Well, I mean, uh, Edison had a bit of a punch, so at least like yeah, yeah. Yeah. Your lightweight Nikolai Tesla comes in,
0: and he likes the number three.
1: Yeah, and he's kind of dripping in this kind of romantic imagery, right? He's he's born in the middle of a lightning storm. Uh, As a kid in school, he challenges his teacher to build better electrical systems and things. He has dreams that give him new ideas and things. Um, I mean, really a a genuine weirdo. Um, Was he really born during an electrical storm? Well, it is very hard. This is the story he told right? Okay. Um, I mean, it's whether it's apocryphal. I mean, who knows what was happening at the moment they were born? I have no idea what was happening at the moment I was born. (laughs) Um, I, I think I would be skeptical of those sorts of things, but it's a great story. It is Um, a great story. I think, and I think the the important thing about Tesla is this kind of, um, image that he put forward of himself as the eccentric genius, you know, channeling knowledge from beyond, um, and that's particularly in contrast to Edison, the uh, hardworking, hard-nosed, uh, pragmatic American inventor. Um, and the uh, so, one so of, let
0: me bring we're going to now bring in our opponent. Okay, in right. the opposite corner, weighing in at more than a, uh weighing in at a more, than <laughs> more than Tesla, more than Tesla. Coming from New Jersey, is that correct? Thomas Edison.
1: He, he sets up in New Jersey at one point. I don't recall right. where he was actually born. Right. From everywhere,
0: from America. Mm-hmm.
1: But he's right here in Manhattan for most of the battle.
0: In Manhattan, your defending champion, Thomas Edison. So So does he like the number three?
1: Um, no, he's not. So I said he's he's pragmatic and hands-on, um, not interested in um, you know uh, transcendental numerology or anything like that. Um, he wants to kind of sit down and get stuff done. Um, and there's an important sense in which Edison, uh, as a, a colleague of mine, uh, Simon Schaffer likes to say, um, invented invention. Oh, so this this kind of image we have of inventor as a category of person who sits down and comes up with nifty new ideas that are then put into production. Right. That, is, that is not really a category that existed before Edison. Edison created this image that this is a, a thing that you should, that, that people can do. Um and it is, again is a particularly American kind of thing that this is a this is a job this is a career a calling to sit around and think up new ideas and put them into into practical use right
0: and so like uh Archimedes or um da vinci were <laughs>
1: Yeah, they, would have, they would have been, no, like, da Vinci never, as far as I know, never builds anything. He's an artist. He draws lots of right. pretty pictures. Right. Um, Archimedes, who knows? Um, uh, and it's not to say people did not build and invent things in the future, or right. in the future, in the past. Um, uh, you would have been engineers. Like Galileo, for instance, builds machines. Um, but he would never have called himself an inventor. That would not have been. Right, uh, a a a uh, a way of identifying in the world. Right um, now, I
0: just I just want to point out that there was a little slip there, and mm-hmm. you revealed that like Merlin, you are actually living through time backwards.
1: Uh, well, time. I can neither confirm nor deny that. Yes, <laughs> or deny or confirm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, right. <laughs> <laughs> depending <laughs> on the order. Play this history. episode backwards. Yeah. Yes. Um. So, and one of the things that Edison is particularly um. Uh, good at doing is this kind of systematic approach to things. Um, that is, he doesn't invent the light bulb per se. Lots of people haven't uh, uh, built things that gave off light before him. Huh. But what he does is he sits down and says, I wonder if there's a better way to do this. I'm going to try the following 457 different ways to build a light bulb and see which one works best. Um, and then he hires a dozen people and supervises them closely and says, okay, Jeff, you're doing uh, one through 57. uh, And Sally, you're doing 58 through 125. Um, And he goes and he checks in on them every day. uh, And the vast majority of the things are disastrous, but he finds the ones that are slightly better. And then he redoes those um, until he gets to a uh, a marketable um, and efficient way of doing things. Right. And
0: you're talking about the entire the, the entire design of a, a light bulb.
1: Yeah. So like an old school light an incandescent light bulb, um, which right. are now going right. the way of the dodo. Um, the basic principle is wh- when you run electricity through something, um, that thing gets hot. And when things get hot, they give off light as well. Right. Fire. Right. Um, uh, and we call those filaments. Um, the problem is that uh, usually the thing that gets hot bursts into flames and explodes. Right. Um, so the trick is uh, finding a setup where you can continuously run electricity through something for long periods of time, and it'll keep giving off light without being destroyed. So... Uh, the, the, the model that everybody's working on in this late, late 19th century time um, is you, uh, you evacuate the inside of, say, a glass bulb. Um, that is, uh, make a space with no oxygen. So then the thing can't burn because there's no oxygen. Um, so the big question is, uh, how do you make that evacuated space in an efficient way? And then what do you make the filament out of the thing you run the electricity through? So uh, you can run electricity through anything or anyone you want. Um, <laughs> so, uh, the, so what Edison does is he sits down and tries you know, hundreds of different things um, to see what makes the best filament. Um, and that's, uh, so this is not, uh, whereas Tesla, for instance, um, you know, had a, would have had a moment of insight in which he said, ah, oh, we should use gallium arsenide. Um, uh, whereas Edison doesn't have great moments of insight, he sits down and cranks through all the possibilities until he finds one wow. that works well.
0: In fact, um, that, so that seems are, to be more true to perhaps the scientific method in a way.
1: Well, I mean, the, the phrase scientific method is meaningless, um, uh-huh. in that it's perfectly reasonable to call what Tesla does, uh, scientific method as, as much as Edison. Um, but right. these are two right. very different ways of approaching problems. Generally, oh okay, um, yeah, and yeah. that's a thing to to think about when you're addressing a technical uh, issue. Is right. do I want uh, do I want to bring in a genius who I hope will have a flash of insight to solve the problem in one fell swoop, or do I want somebody who works really hard and tediously on it to make incremental improvements? Um, and and I should say it's not obvious, right? You can tell stories about each one. Um, and the, uh, and this, uh, there's a sense in which this is the root of the electricity wars here. So um, Edison wants gradual improvement on what's already there. Um, so the system that he develops uh, is based on what's called a direct current or DC. Right. So, so let, me just, let me just want
0: to set the stage here. So it's... Yeah. Uh,
1: What, what, around what year are we talking? So we're talking the 1880s at this point. Um, 1880s. uh, Yeah. I'd have to look up the, the date when Tesla arrives in New York. Um, But it's something like that. And I should say if uh, people who want the, the, the deep version of this story, um, there's a wonderful book called Empires of Light by Jill Jonas, J-O-N-N-E-S, that tells this story in great detail and is a huge amount of fun. Awesome. Awesome.
0: Uh, So late 1880s, um, that is uh, a generation after the end of the Civil War.
1: Yeah, that's right. Um, so this is uh, the what's sometimes called the Second Industrial Revolution,
0: huh? um,
1: when the various you know, industrial processes that have been in place for about a century at this point um, are starting to get overturned and replaced by this new fancy stuff called electricity. Um, this is when America is becoming um, a world industrial power. Uh, and it's say it's not an accident that Tesla comes to New York. So he be, he's, he's interested in electricity in Serbia. So he goes to Paris, which is the great city of lights at the time. Um, oh. and, and he works for, he starts working for um, Edison's European branch there. They're so impressed with him that they tell him to go to New York. He comes to New York and begins working for Edison here.
0: Oh, Tesla! That's te- you're saying Tesla went
1: and worked for Edison. Yeah, I didn't. So then we have so then we have this interesting clash, uh, where Edison has a, a well worn and highly efficient system of getting stuff done. Um, he's like I said, he's got a couple of dozen people who work for him, and he gives them discrete tasks, um, all in the service of these incremental improvements and small changes. Um, and then this weirdo Serbian with a slick backed hair and the obsession with the number three shows up and <laughs> he doesn't, he doesn't want to work on incremental improvements because he's got this great new idea. He's like, I've got this, this, uh, this will change everything, right? We've got to, to, to start totally fresh. And Edison says, why would I want to start totally fresh? I've got all of this stuff that works pretty well. Let's keep on with that. <laughs> Right. And, and, and it's, I'm just curious, you mentioned, so electricity is in the city? I, I wasn't quite clear where. where. So electricity is, um, we should kind of take a, a step back here. Yeah. Um, electricity is kind of a mysterious thing, right? It's, uh-huh. it's generally hard to see. Um, sometimes you can see a spark. Sometimes you can feel a shock yourself. Mm-hmm. You might hear mm-hmm. the crackle of electricity. But for the most part, um, it's, uh, it's invisible and you can't quite see what it is so you can you judge its uh or you sort of detect its presence by seeing its effect on other things so for instance if you have a compass um and you put a wire near it and you run and you connect that wire to two ends of a battery you'll see the needle on the compass deflect it'll move oh um, and so then the questions become like, well, why does that happen? Right. Um, and, uh, sort of the kinds of explanations you often give is you say, well, the electri- electricity runs through the wire and that electricity creates a magnetic field that then deflects the compass. Um, and it's easy to get kind of lost in a, uh, metaphysical haze here in which you say, yeah. well, what is electricity? And you say things like, well, it's, it's when electrons move from one place to another. And you're like, okay, that's fine. Um, but then what's an electron? And it, it gets messy kind of quick. Um, so it's, uh, it's generally enough to say, at least if you're an engineer, like, say, Tesla and Edison, um, it's enough to say that when you set up something like a battery uh, or a generator and you connect wire to it, um, you can then make those wires do interesting things like give off light or give off heat or generate magnetic fields. There's, there's right. nifty things you can do with it. So exactly what it is, we can hand wave away for the moment. Right.
0: Now, it, was uh, Edison also not interested in what it
1: was in a way? Was he just sort of like... Right. Yeah. This is not a, a question he was very interested in. Right. Like, who cares? Uh, mm-hmm. We'll yeah. figure that out later. Yeah, that's uh, right. And in that sense, again, this is sort of what eventually becomes a distinctly American approach to mm-hmm. many scientific and technical problems, which is we don't really care what the deep philosophical meaning of this oh, thing is. We just yeah. want to do stuff. Right,
0: right. Um, and so um, I, I have to ask because I've, I've always been so curious, and I don't know if there's an answer for this. But the story of Benjamin Franklin and flying a kite in a, in, a, in a lightning, in a storm or whatever, is that true? And what um, is that demonstrating?
1: Okay. <laughs> um, I should say we don't know if it's true, actually. Other than actually. recklessness. Um, yeah. yeah, Franklin Franklin discusses it in sort of an abstract sense, but it's unclear whether he actually ever does it. Um, hmm. The uh, Let's see here. The The interesting thing about that is, so I should actually wish to kind of take a step back. Right. Um the uh, electrical phenomena, as we knew them, know them today, um, were known all the way back to the ancient Greeks. Uh, wow! So, actually, the uh, particularly what we think of as static electricity. Um, right, so the, right, right. the the word electricity actually comes from the Greek word for amber, because uh, amber, you know that that kind of orange sticky rock, right? Um, if you rub amber with a piece of cloth, um, it, it generates weird phenomena, which nowadays we recognize as static electricity. Uh, and the Greeks had no idea what this was. And Aristotle actually classifies it as a cult in the sense of we have no idea how this works. So just don't, don't worry about it. <laughs> right. right. So, so we know about this for uh, these static phenomena for a, a long time. Um, And in the 17th and 18th centuries, uh, people get better at reproducing those phenomena of static electricity. And there's a particular device called a Leiden jar named after town Leiden in the Netherlands um, that nowadays we would call a capacitor and is sort of the first tool that can store electricity. Um, And once you can store electricity, then you can do experiments with it. So a lot gets done once the Leiden jar is invented. Um, The big question was, uh, at the time, uh, around Franklin's time, is we see some other phenomena in nature that look a little like the electricity we can generate in the lab, amongst them electricity. So the question was, uh, is uh, lightning the Uh same as uh, what we see in the laboratory? So the, the key in the kite experiment was to try to capture a little bit of lightning and run it into a Leiden jar. And then see if what you have trapped in the Leiden jar is the same as what you produce in the lab.
0: That right. So, sense.
1: yeah, yeah. So again,
0: just just don't want to lose anybody. So we have people listening all over the world. And Benjamin mm-hmm. Franklin. He was uh, an American Renaissance uh,
1: American. Man. Yeah, statesman slash philosopher slash writer.
0: Yeah, and uh, um, one of the um, signers of the and creators of the declaration of independence and
1: um and, uh, yeah sort of an, an important statesman during the american revolution
0: right and um but he also he um likes to invent things among all kinds of other stuff and mm-hmm. um uh it's too bad he's not if he was around now he would have had his own cable channel i think
1: um yep that's probably right it's certainly a blog um yeah yeah
0: yeah he's kind of like yeah it's kind of like if uh What's his name? Adam uh, from MythBusters. Um, Adam Savage. If Adam mm-hmm. Savage, if you combined Adam Savage with like uh, George Washington, something I like know, that. Yeah. Uh, which I would I mean, love fr- to see. Franklin, Adam Franklin
1: would have torn it up on Twitter. He would have been a great Twitter. He,
0: he would have. He would have been ripping mm-hmm. it. Um, yeah. And so yeah, so he he imagined. Well, what if I fly a kite uh, during a storm, a thunderstorm? And uh, then the key, what's the point of the key? So it's, he, he, want, he imagined flying, this his thought experiment, his what the if is, what the if I fly a kite um, with, I guess, some kind of metal string?
1: Yeah, that's right. The key is just a piece of metal um, to connect to a wire uh, because it was known that lightning tends to jump to electrical surfaces. So it didn't have to be a key. It could be anything, anything just metal. Yeah. But the wire itself didn't count. And then the wire itself was, is the important thing. So the, the wire connects the key to the Leiden jar. And then lightning hits ah, the key, um, runs down the wire into the Leiden jar. Uh, right. Franklin grabs the Leiden jar, runs into the lab with it, does a bunch of experiments, and shows that uh, the lightning that he has captured is identical to the electricity that can be made in the lab. And therefore, lightning is electricity. So speaking of mythbusters,
0: did they ever do this? Has anyone ever actually done this experiment?
1: Does it work? Uh, well, yeah, it's um I mean every lightning rod is essentially ah, this experiment. Interesting. Interesting. Um right, so there's this thing
0: electricity. Now at some point it it begins to be used. For instance, uh, I remember we we were working on the Einstein documentary that we did together. Um I learned that Einstein's father was an engineer who was involved in Electrifying, uh, bringing electricity to the city of
1: Munich. Berlin, Munich, Munich, Munich. Yep. So that's yep. where Einstein grows up. Is is in Munich. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. So the Einstein brothers, um, Einstein's father and uncle, but not um, the bagels. But not the bagels. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they're uh, electrical engineers. Um, so this is exactly the the era. So I should say um, uh, Einstein grows up surrounded by the electrical technology that people like Tesla and Edison are inventing um, and trying to right. put out there. Um, uh, and the key for using electricity is to think about it in the, the central metaphor is one of flow, the flow of electrons. We talk about a flow of electricity um, from one, usually one side of a battery to the other, one side of a generator to the other, from the lightning bolts. Um, into the Leiden jar, um, electricity goes from place to place. Mm-hmm. So, this is why we talk about um, current of electricity. Mm-hmm. Um, so, in the same way that water flows, electricity flows is the, the central metaphor. Oh, no. um, and in the same way that water can go fast or slow, um, you can have a lot of water or a little water. Um, you can have water flow in different shapes, right? It can flow straight, it can go. Mm-hmm. In loops, um, and it has different effects. So, if you want to do things with water, um, you can engineer your canal or your riverway or your hose in different ways to get different effects. So, electricity is precisely the same. You you figure out how to control its flow to get the particular effect you want.
0: Right, and that flow is what's flowing is instead of water, it's electrons.
1: It's electrons. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Uh,
0: and so. Jumping back to now Edison and Tesla. So Tesla now works for Edison and mm-hmm. they are, uh, uh, they get in at some point, there is a, the war that we referred to or the battle, uh, yeah. in
1: is over what? Over what? Well, what so it's it's use? over, it's over the kind of flow actually. Uh-huh. So, Edison um, wants uh, or has been developing technology that works with a, a kind of flow called direct current. And right. this is the most sort of intuitive way of thinking about electrical flow. Um, electricity goes from uh, one end of the wire to the other um, and it keeps going in that same direction in a steady amount, right? It's sort of your mm-hmm. intuitive sense. So it's just water flowing through a, a pipe and it just keeps right. flowing through. Fine. right um, and this works really well for things like um, electrical lights for instance uh, because um, well I mean the, the because is weird but um, it's just, it works it's very it's um, straightforward to build uh, it's um, uh, it's easy to uh, engineer and use it's very forgiving of making mistakes for instance which mm. is a nice thing so if you if you screw it up a little bit it still works pretty well Um, So uh, Edison wants to have a whole system built around direct current. So that means not just uh, light bulbs that run on DC, um, but also the wires that carry electricity into your house in the first place, uh, Mm -hmm. as well as the generating stations that make that direct current. Right. (laughs) Right. So the whole thing is going to be an Edison system. Um, there will be an Edison power plant on your block, and wow. there will be Edison wires that carry it to your house, and then there will be Edison technology that actually run on it. Right. It's very much like,
0: well, this like Amazon or something, you know, like I'm going to build the whole system, and if you buy in, mm-hmm. um, he, gets to con- yeah. he gets a piece it's of this, it.
1: Right. It's this whole vertically integrated system that so we would say right. today.
0: And um, at this time, is, there, is is let's say we're looking at New York, is it all?
1: gas lamps and yeah that's right so stuff. exactly so these are these are things that are going to be replacing um, old steam engines and gas lamps or at least that's the that's the goal um, right. so everything gets compared that way for instance so like for instance uh, early light bulbs are designed to look like gas lamps and you can still see these occasionally yeah. sometimes yeah. Um, yeah. and there's no reason for that right that's not like that that design is good for electricity or anything well, uh, but skew-orphic. it's what, it's what it's skeuomorphic. That's exactly right. Um, skeuomorphs have been around for a very long time uh, because when people uh, are building their new house and they install lighting, they expect lighting to look a particular way. Um, yeah. So if Edison wants to take over that market, he has to make his tech look that way too.
0: Right. Skeuomorphic meaning those, for instance, uh, in, the, in computer software, you know, that uh, to help you understand what um, they, they created a folder icon to make you think, oh, this is where I put my Mm -hmm. files. Uh, In the same way, it's like, well, yeah, I expect a lamp, so the lamp must... Must be, must look like
1: a lamp. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, So, uh, so, so, listen, Edison has this whole system kind of in place uh, for, for getting things done. Um, One of the, uh, let's see here. Um, Sorry, when you say in place, like, is... Has he built factories he is building these so in fact uh, right I'm down sorry, on power plants pl- I mean, yeah. power plants right down on Pearl Street not far from uh, oh. where we are both sitting actually
0: uh, China is
1: his is his first power plant um, uh, It's his, his exhibition power plant so uh, so DC is um, and it, it, you know it's one of these chicken and egg problems too which is uh, you can't there's no point in building that power plant until people have technology in their homes to run off of the power but nobody's right. going to build the technology until the plant is there Right. Um, So uh, a big part of this is actually what you might think of as a public relations campaign. You have to convince the early adopters to do this. Um, So street lighting, a la the Einstein brothers, is a good way to do this um, because you can convince the city to put up the capital for building all the infrastructure in the first place. And then once the infrastructure is in place, then people get comfortable with the idea of electrical lighting and then they want to have it in their own home. Um, and then the strategy is to convince people like, for instance, the Astors to build a new a new mansion that's full of electrical technology. Oh, and really? Then you, you, then you get this kind of cultural trickle down and people are like, oh, well, if the Astors have electrical lights, I want to have electrical lights. Oh. And so they did that. There's a mansion yeah. that was we built with. Mm-hmm. Is that still around? Uh, that is a good question. I have no idea. Yeah. I'd, have to, I'd have to look into that. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: so... So, so Edison's got this uh, DC system um, kind of planned out and ready to go, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. and he starts developing it and he's making money off it. Um, and said so DC is good for certain things. It's um, it's easy to tweak. Uh, it's easy to use. It's straightforward to engineer. Um, it has some downsides though. One of them is that it doesn't. Uh, let's see here. It doesn't travel well. Mm. Mm. Um, so DC is hard to transmit, um, very long distances. So like the most you want to transmit it, um, is say a couple of blocks. Um, and if you try to do further than that, you lose a lot of energy. So it becomes impractical. Ah. Um, so to Edison, this is not that big a deal. That just means that every block will have a power plant. Which is great yeah. for him, right? So that's right, <laughs> oh, right.
0: Yeah, <laughs> that's no big deal. Right.
1: But a coal, uh,
0: a coal burning plant every block, a coal
1: burning plant every block. Yep. Whew. Um. So that, as as you might think <laughs> that, that that has some downsides, right? Because coal plants are noisy and smelly, um, yeah. and the logistics of you know getting coal to everywhere is is, is iffy, right? Um. So, uh, uh, but there is an alternative, um, and this is what Tesla is interested in is what's called alternating current. Mm. Um, so if direct current is electricity just flowing from one end of the wire to the other in sort of a continuous stream, alternating current, the electricity flows in one direction briefly and then suddenly reverses itself and flows back the other way and then does it again and again mm. and again. Mm. Um, and the, the, f- the number of times that direction of flow reverses is called the frequency of the alternating current of the AC. Mm -hmm. Um, So when you'll, and we measure that in Hertz, Uh, Hertz is named after the the Heinrich Hertz. Um, And it's a change of one change per second. So 60 Hertz Mm -hmm. alternating current, which is what we have in our houses today, um, Mm -hmm. changes directions 60 times a second. Right. And that, yeah, and that, why would you want to do that? That seems. That's right. That seems weird, right? Because then what do you the electric- want the electricity back for. Yeah, the electricity is not going anywhere then. So that seems like a, a weird thing to, to do. Yeah. Um, but it turns out that uh, when you shuffle the electricity back and forth like this, uh, it creates magnetic fields, um, which are really useful for doing stuff. Um, And in particular, for running motors. So if you try to run a motor on DC, you can do it, but it's inefficient and slow and uses a lot of energy. And we don't need to get into the the technical reasons for that. Mm -hmm. But if you can build um, a motor with alternating current, then the motion of the motor kind of uh, syncs up with the alternating electricity going back and forth. Uh, And you can make a much more efficient and powerful motor based on that.
0: And without going into too detail about it, it's, a motor is basically a magnet. Um,
1: it's a coil of wire and a magnet. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and that, and, But you can make that. You can make either the coil of, of wire or the magnet turn mm-hmm. simply by being in the presence of electricity. Right? And yeah, that's, that's right. That and the, the, the
1: magnetic fields kind of, in the same way that the magnetic fields uh, nudged the compass needle back at the start right, we were right. talking about. Um, right. a, a electrical motor is basically just that on a larger scale, right? As, as things bumping around. Um, so Tesla has an idea for uh, a a better electrical motor based on alternating current. Mm. Um,
0: mm-hmm.
1: And if if for instance you're running a factory and you want to replace your steam engine, then a better electrical motor would be a really nice thing to have. So uh, there's so there's huge potential for um, Tesla's AC motor ideas. Uh, Mm -hmm. the problem is that it runs on alternating current instead of direct current, which is, uh, which has to be generated and transmitted in a completely different way. So it's a, so it's a different system. You can't just tack an alternating current motor onto a direct current system. So, so you might, uh, so your initial sense of the electricity war seems kind of weird. You're like, so there's two different designs for electrical motors, who cares? Um, but it's not just an individual motor. It is this entire system and infrastructure. So you, see, you, you can't you just get a, like a plug, like an adapter and plug right. DC those into things, AC. Those things do not exist as yet. Um, right. So uh, an alternating current has a, a, another advantage in addition to the motor, which is that it can be transmitted over long distances efficiently. Oh. So you don't have to have a power plant on every block. You can just have a power plant out on Long Island um, and transmit the power into the city. So that would right. be nice. Too.
0: So this seems like a no-brainer. Tesla has just made his case. <laughs> and I'm like, so. Right, <laughs> mm-hmm. but his boss, Edison, and, and so do we know? I'm I'm not quite like. Is Tesla
1: really high up
0: in the company? Is no,
1: no. He's um he's a, a low, really person. Um, and I should say, uh, Edison's um company, at least early on, uh, is not very hierarchical. There's sort of him, and then he supervises a bunch of labs that we would say today workshops, um. Uh, so it's not like there are layers of bureaucracy or anything like that. Um, and Tesla comes in as one of those low level um, engineers, inventors.
0: And Tesla is not known around the world at this point. this
1: is sort of no no he's just he's, a, he's, new. he's just this guy. yeah yeah um, So he's got this cool idea um, and Edison says, well, that's interesting, but that doesn't fit into my system. and what I'm selling is the system so get to work on my system <laughs> right please yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah and he's and Tesla's pushes back and says well I've got these these cool ideas um, uh, and uh, that we don't need to, to get into too much of the details but eventually Tesla leaves um, because he wants to put his ideas <laughs> in, into practice um, yeah. but he is the the romantic, Eccentric genius, so he's really bad at doing things like running a company and creating uh, efficient, cost-efficient, practical machines. Um, so he can't set up a rival system right away. Um, so we actually need a third person in the story here, which is George Westinghouse, um,
0: oh, wow.
1: who, uh, who, <laughs> which, and it's kind of unfortunate in in terms of his his historical legacy because he's actually quite an uninteresting person. <laughs> um. Right. So, uh, so Tesla's the romantic eccentric genius. Um, Edison is the hard-nosed, hard-working pragmatist, the symbol of American can-do. Um, and Westinghouse is this milk-toast guy who just kind of gets stuff done.
0: And yet, um, I know nothing about George Westinghouse. Mm-hmm. I couldn't have even. I didn't yep. even know. I didn't even think that Westinghouse was a person. Yeah. But I have great fondness, some strangely, some nostalgia
1: <laughs> about Westinghouse because it was everywhere.
0: the name was everywhere. Yeah. Growing mm-hmm.
1: up, yeah. um, so uh, so Westinghouse is um, is not an inventor per se. He's not really an engineer. Um, he's not an eccentric genius, uh, but he's a really good manager. So uh-huh, uh-huh, he uh-huh. is able to organize work on a large scale in a way that neither Edison nor uh, Tesla are able to um, so Westinghouse sees that Tesla has a good idea um, acquires Tesla's patents through kind of a bizarre series of events um, uh, and tries to and he does try to set up the a whole rival system to Edison's uh, wow. DC system right. Yeah. So Westinghouse is able to put Tesla's work into production. Huh. Um, and this is what sets the stage for the great electricity wars is once you've got two rival systems then they can really have at each other.
0: So are, are different power plants being built in the yep. city? That's
1: right. And <laughs> so. are they
0: actually being used by people or yeah, are they just That's right. Of-
1: and do and you subscribe to one or the other? Um, oh. So this is the this is the era before public utilities, right? Uh, right. So um, it becomes so both sides have their technical advantages and disadvantages. So um, it's Windows versus Mac. Yep, kind it's of. that kind of feel, and it's actually yeah. it's it's that same kind of feel in the same way that well, it might may, maybe DOS versus Mac is the the more uh-huh.
0: yeah. Uh, yeah.
1: more accurate one. So yeah. DOS right. is DOS is reliable, um, widely distributed. Um, but really dull and not very Uh interesting uh, versus the highly polished fancy alternative. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So so the question becomes, how does something like this get solved? Um, And to Edison, it's very clear that this is not going to be solved just as a question of technical capabilities, but it's a public relations battle. Um, It's who in the mind of the public is the... Uh, is the person they want to have literally in their home. Okay. So this is about oh, yeah. your, because you're, you're putting light bulbs in your house. So yeah. Edison has this very shrewd way of thinking about it in which he says, I need to, uh, I want to make people um, feel safe with my electricity and worry about Tesla Westinghouse's electricity. Right. Um, so he, uh, <laughs> this is, this is just a, a both horrifying and wonderful. Um, He invents the electric chair and has it run on alternating current. (laughs) Wait, Thomas Edison
0: invented the electric chair.
1: For the purpose Um, of convincing um, people that alternating current was dangerous.
0: And yet this thing is. So he he sells
1: it to the state of New York. Um, oh, with this kind of public relations campaign saying, look, alternating current is so dangerous that that people use it to kill murderers. Right? Yeah. That's how horrible it is. That is genius. Um, isn't it genius? It is a genius evil, move. Evil, I guess. I don't know if it's um, evil. <laughs> and Edison actually it's sets hard. up a number of um, public demonstrations of the dangers of alternating current by doing things like electrocuting dogs and Ooh. famously an elephant. Um, yes. Yeah in public spaces in New York City. yeah uh, at Co- show- in fact, you, you can go on YouTube, I believe, and see the yeah. movie. And see some of these, yeah. Yeah, The Elephant uh, at Coney Island, I think he did a mm-hmm. demonstration. Right, they're, they're horrible. Yeah,
0: um,
1: And it's interesting, for instance, the electric chair doesn't get used for a long time um, because it's actually not a particularly good way to kill people. Um, yeah. And that's because its its main function was really just this public relations gambit on Edison's part. Now, it's not because there was a huge demand for ways to kill people right. in prisons better. Uh, Edison just came up with this cool idea. Wow. Or hot idea. Yeah. And
0: uh, <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't, would DC kill you just as bad?
1: Um, so this or is, is he, uh, is he right about this? Um, Alternating current will kill you faster. Oh. Um, it turns out uh, exactly uh, the best way to kill yourself with electricity um, is complicated. Um, so AC versus DC is not really the um, uh-huh. uh, the, the relevant thing. Uh, you could go out isn't... and fly a kite in the storm. That might. <laughs> <laughs> right. um, so it turns out that what what kills you isn't even the voltage, um, but rather the current. So Ooh. you have a lot of current. Uh, if you have a lot of current, a lot of current is what is dangerous. And it is easier to make higher currents with alternating current than with direct current. So like Uh, if you look at the technology around you, um, so every piece of electrical technology you have will have a little label on it that describes the kind of electricity that runs on it. Um, with the possible exception of uh, smartphones, which are really badly labeled. Um, (laughs) But if you pick up your printer or your lamp or your toaster, there will be a little patch on it. um, And it'll say uh, something like AC120V60HZ. And you read that as alternating current. 120 volts, 60 hertz. And that's what you get out of your wall socket if you live in the United States. Right. So 120 volts is a substantial amount, but not enormous. Um, And then there will also be something that says, it'll say like um, 1.2A. That's amps, short (laughs) for amperes. And that's the current. Um, And it's the current that will kill you. Uh, so, uh, so don't um, so something that says, ten A on it. Uh, that's a lot of current, and that's yeah. really dangerous. Um, uh, electronic devices run on milliamps, thousandths of an amp, right. and they typically so say your smartphone runs on direct current. So small things uh, run fine on DC. Actually, uh, and if you know, smartphones had been around a hundred years ago, uh, the electricity wars might have might have gone differently. Right,
0: replacing the steam-powered cell phones of <laughs> of your of era. <laughs> that's, that's right. That were the size of a city block or several city blocks. Um, so, uh, so he's right. Edison is correct that AC is a little more dangerous, or
1: is it-, it is. Yes, yeah, sort of indirectly. So. Um, right. Because, like I said, alternating alternating currents' big selling point is that you can transmit it over long distances. Um, in order to do that, you have to crank up the current quite a bit, Right. Um, and there's so, therefore more dangerous. Yeah. It, it, it sounds like is it Edison liked the idea
0: that it didn't travel long distances because then he would have to build more power
1: plants. Yeah, that's right. It's it's, it's a um, it literally it's, win, it's a win win for him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Interesting. Right. Wow. Um, it's not a win-win if you happen to live next to the power plant.
0: So it's almost like, a, I don't know if this actually happens, but like a petroleum company encouraging the building of cars that are far less, uh, that get well, less very efficient. Or, yeah, that's right. Yeah,
1: poor so mileage. that's, for instance, that's what SUVs are. Uh, SUVs are just cars that have really poor um, mileage. So For they the were euphemisms huge... of selling gas or no, that's just... yeah. Yeah. Really? That's mm-hmm. oh. yeah, right. They're, they're in, and SUVs Whoa. are intentionally designed to be inefficient vehicles. Um, so they cost you more. Uh, I didn't know and... that this is you just blew my mind. <laughs> <laughs> it's all um, yeah. the layer. Uh, the yeah, so actually, SUVs are an interesting example along the lines. You know, we, we like to think about our technological society as constantly pushing itself towards more efficiency. And doing things better but that's not true at all Um, we we are we are pushed towards higher profits for the technology companies Um, uh, and this is and this is what happens with the electricity wars um, as well Uh, in that as long as uh, Edison is able to keep his stranglehold on his system uh, where you have to buy everything from him it works really well um, yeah. Westinghouse figures out how to crack that system, uh, by using Tesla's, uh, motors, uh, more efficient motors for industrial uses. And then that lets him put in the infrastructure for alternating current. And then once that infrastructure is in place, then people can start connecting their homes to it for things like lighting and cooking.
0: Uh, so he gets the, basically the, uh, Big companies, in a way, the, the wholesale market, so to speak, or the, whatever, yes. the, <laughs> right. to, to be building, to be using AC, and therefore are able to build power plants more yeah. efficiently. I guess, or mm-hmm.
1: that's right. Time. It's worth it's worth investing in the infrastructure necessary to build wow. to get AC power plants and transmission lines.
0: Right, and so um, our what yeah. if
1: mm-hmm. is uh, uh, Edison wins, so Tesla. Yeah. Um, well, let's say Westinghouse um, slips in the shower right, and, right. and uh, hits his head and forgets yeah. about Tesla. Yeah, um, Tesla can have all the great ideas he wants, but without somebody like Westinghouse who knows how to put them into practice on a large scale, it doesn't right. really matter. Um, the, his motors and his ideas are cool and nifty. Um, but they don't really rival Edison's system in any way,
0: right? So we scale up. Essentially, what happens is we have power plants on every block. Yep, that's about right.
1: Um, and, and perhaps uh, even in every basement. That might I could imagine that might even be easier. Oh, interesting. Uh, after a while, um, and the uh, the advantages are, for instance, um, you it's hard to shock yourself. On your household current because it's probably going at um, ten volts instead of one hundred and twenty volts. So ah, it's kind of nice, I guess. Yeah. Um, in, in some yeah, ways, it's,
0: yeah. it's funny because like green technology is kind of pushing us towards the idea of mm-hmm. individual power plants, like you know, if you had a windmill or something, or
1: yeah, that's small. exactly right. Because there's, I mean, this is it's, this is an interesting double-edged sword, right? So we really like having. Uh, in AC infrastructure now, because that means Mm. we can put our power plants way the hell away from where we live. Right. So they're noisy and smelly, but they're not close to us. So we don't have to deal with that, what they call an externality. We can just enjoy the benefits of the electricity. Some of them are radioactive if they go haywire. For instance, yeah, I mean, it's they're they're bad. They're terrible. They're terrible places. (laughs) Um, And we're glad that they're not close. Um, but one of the side effects of that is that means we use lots of electricity because we don't get the negative side effects from its generation. Um, and that has bad repercussions down the line um, because we have, since, you know, once, we've, once the greenhouse effect becomes a thing, right. um, then people say, the, the, the environmentalists say, well, you need to cut down on your electricity use. And you say, why should I? Right. Whether I use a lot or a little electricity doesn't affect me. Mm-hmm. Um, how am I going to bake my freedom fries? That's in right. my- yeah, I don't. I don't see those effects. Right. Um, so one of the the useful things about um, getting off of fossil fuels for electricity generation um, is if you then bring electricity generation local, then you're aware of the process by which your electricity is generated. Um, and you then have have kind of feedback for how much wow. you use and why. So, so in part- that sense, yeah. is, you know, the, an Edison-type system might actually be better for environmentalism. Because right. when the environmentalist comes to you and says, look, your electricity generation is poisoning the planet, you just look out your window and you're like, yep. <laughs> I yeah. see I see the cloud of sulfur sulfur dioxide right in my backyard. I know yeah. exactly what you're talking about.
0: Well interestingly the idea that they, that you could get rid of burning coal in your house for instance or mm-hmm. uh or have gat, burning you know, all these toxic things you did have in your house the electricity comes along and was I'm sure that must have been a great thing it's like wow yeah we no longer have to Mm-hmm. have kerosene or, or
1: coal or whatever it is. Yeah, for keeping- that's right. It's it's, a, it's an enormous advantage. Um, yeah. Uh, but then the, the downside is that uh, you become, it becomes very easy to consume these things in large quantities. Yeah. Um, because it's convenient and not irritating anymore.
0: Now, the interesting thing, though, is uh, real estate-wise, <laughs> would have been <it's> a huge <laughs> amount of infrastructure of these power plants. I'm going to guess that as time went on, the power plants become more, the technology improves somehow, right? Is that possible? They,
1: they, they get oh, more sure. efficient? Yeah, that's right. They're going to get more efficient. Um, so that might make them smaller. Um, it's, uh, again, it's the nature of DC that one big power plant is never a good idea, um, but rather lots of small power plants. So, as you say, yeah. we might be driven to everybody having their own generator in their own house.
0: Also, you, mm-hmm. you wouldn't have
1: blackouts. Is that right? Well, or, you would have individual house blackouts or block yeah. blackouts, right? right. Um, this this block is is out tonight, yeah. um, but not the whole grid, right? We wouldn't have a, a large-scale grid um, of the sort that we have today.
0: Right. It'd be a little bit like the internet or something, um, perhaps. Yeah,
1: that's a good analogy, actually. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So, um, and Edison, you know, become makes a fortune, obviously. Yes. Uh, ultimately, as you crank up the power, you know, um, what, is there a reason for that DC would still be abandoned at some point?
1: Or would we just still well, be happily it's, using DC? Um, it's, uh, it is hard to say, right? <laughs> These are the contingencies of history. Um, can but Francis, you instance, different. You said- the the
0: industrial machines, right? Mm-hmm. Motors and things like that, uh, were running better with AC. AC. Yeah. So that seems like a, a, an economic pressure that wouldn't sustain itself. Like eventually somebody would start using AC um, if they were
1: saving a lot of money. That's what that's that's the question <laughs> is, uh-huh. is would they? And if so, how? Um, so maybe uh, we would get a a two tier electrical system. Um, wow. Homes are run on DC um, mm-hmm. by small scale generation. Uh, factories okay. are run on AC, um, mm-hmm. and you get you know a dozen factories that all build themselves next to each other, so they can all run off the same AC generator um, or something like that.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, but it's not like, for instance, AC was was. Is AC so such a strange idea that without Tesla, it may never have happened? Like we say that general relativity or something, you know, that Einstein discovered. Probably um, this is a, would have this been is discovered a good again. Thing,
1: but, yeah. This is a good thing to argue about, um, uh-huh. and sort of depends on how you feel about the notion of genius generally. Um, uh-huh. That is, do you think uh, uh, do you think it's unique? Um, that, you know, great ideas are the, are produced by individual people, um, having flashes of insight or would somebody else eventually have thought about the three phase dual brush motor, which is what Tesla invents. Uh, um, and that's, uh, I don't know, that's your sense of your experience of humanity. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. do you feel like, uh, human progress comes from flashes of insight a la Tesla, or do you feel like progress comes from um, hard-nosed, gradual, uh, incremental improvements like Edison? Or does it come from clever managers like Westinghouse who know how to spot other people's talent um, and put it to work? Um, And I should say both Edison and Tesla die with their careers in ruins. <laughs> oh, <right. laughs> really? I thought it wasn't yeah. I, I didn't know um, it wasn't ruin. Yeah. He uh, he sells essentially sells off the um uh the profitable parts of his companies um and starts working on new projects that go wow. nowhere. Um and uh yeah he essentially dies well, bankrupt. What? Um, Tesla quite famously dies bankrupt, um, because he loses control of all of his patents and he spends his time working on death rays, uh, and energy transmission while living, um, in a hostel on the lower East side, um, yes. apparently having a romantic relationship with a pigeon. Um, yes. it's, yes. uh, uh, it's a little unsettling.
0: Although maybe, you know, he had the bit, you know, maybe that was great. I don't know. I don't know. I he seems perfectly happy him. with his relationship right so
1: so i'm I'm not going to pigeon shame him
0: for that, you know? <laughs> yeah right <laughs> pigeon you know that pigeon if that pigeon might have some good ideas, we should probably do <laughs> <laughs> um well that's fascinating that is fascinating i i now want to learn more about both these people so you, you recommended a book about Tesla or was that
1: about the, the, the uh, it's about the war. electricity wars right uh, okay uh um, and it's um uh jill jonas is the author j-o-n-n-e-s fantastic fantastic
0: well thank you this is a this was absolutely fascinating um this this was an interesting one in that in that we didn't uh explode the first of all the universe is still pretty safe yep that's from right from destruction we don't know i guess i think a big question when we meet other aliens is, uh, you know, what are their religious beliefs, maybe. But but really, what are, what are they doing, DC
1: or AC? Yeah, AC, what's DC? their electrical system, right? AC, right. DC. And ACDC, what does that mean? Does, uh, so there is some technology that you can – so this is um... – you can convert, um, and it, you yeah, can we, kind of, we kind of didn't do the the denouement of the um, of things, uh, right. which is that once AC becomes the dominant system, um, right. then you have an incentive to try and adapt all of the DC technology you already have to run on AC, right. um, and that turns out to be a doable problem. Um, yeah. Uh, so, all this is why we have th- these ubiquitous uh, little black boxes attached to all of our technology these days. Yeah. Um, so, power converters, often called power supplies or things like that, uh, their job is usually to convert AC into DC right. um, because, because DC is better for certain applications.
0: Yeah, I mean, Um, what I love is that ultimately, like here we had, uh, uh, here we had Edison going with something that was really inefficient, but would be more profitable for him because there were more things needed to purchase from him, Um, which reminded me of the dongle wars. Or let's, you know, I'll (laughs) choose Apple, but (laughs) all all technology deals with it. But Mm -hmm. Apple famously, you know, the number of dongles is insane, and that's what we're. That's our world now. The dongles inherited the earth.
1: Mm-hmm. I'm afraid so, and yeah. those are sort of the electricity wars writ small. Um, huh. <laughs> is all about uh, compatibility of one system with another. Right, um, and if you can figure out a system that comes to dominate, then everybody else will follow your lead. Right, everything is USBs now. USBs now, um, yeah. but that was not obvious twenty five years ago, uh, and it's not that USB was a technically superior format. Otherwise, we wouldn't have to have USB A, B, and C. Um, uh, But rather, they managed to figure out how to uh, build a system that other people were willing to work with.
0: Yeah. Well, also, I I think we're seeing, I I don't know too much about this, and we'll wrap up here, but uh, USB-C, the current thing which allows you to use power and data in the same cord, is actually, we're actually moving toward... A more universal um, cord or adapter, um, uh, like USB-C, and that, and I think that was that. Eventually, the the dongle was exhausted. Everybody, and there is, as they would say, market pressure or just the endless complaints of uh, consumers saying, "Look, it's it's out of control. We have to simplify these." So, allowed Apple and other companies a bit relent a bit and try to universalize, try to standardize um, things like that. So. Wow, this was this was amazing. And so uh um in future episodes, I think what I'd love to do is go learn more for, especially for instance about Tesla, because I know he had his idea of transmitting electricity through the air, right? That was a, mm-hmm. yep. a big big thing that's out out in Long Island, still <laughs> rusting away, gigantic tower, mysterious. Um thank you. So um hope you all enjoyed that. Write in any questions you have, any stories you have. Uh, have you had a funny interaction with AC or DC? Which one would you go with? <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, I want to. We're going to do some uh, wrap up here. With uh, we're going to dip into the mailbag. Going to the mailbag. Chris writes in from Vancouver, BC. Where well, I don't know if they play music like this up in Vancouver. Uh, Chris says I submit to what the ifs And uh, so everyone listening by the way, I want I, I hope these letters encourage you to send in some of your ideas. Um, the ones we can run with, we do. Uh, so Chris uh, has says I submit to what the ifs inspired by my recently finishing uh, Chishin Lus fantastic Dark Forest trilogy. And absolutely Matt, you turned me on to that, I think. yeah, it's terrific. Uh, amazing amazing series of books um dark forest trilogy also uh, the first one uh, sort of sometimes known by the title of the first one which was uh three body problem three body problem uh, mm-hmm. and so chris chris says what the if cryogenic freezing slash stasis or hibernation technology were a real thing yes that that, that features uh, heavily in in those books um what if hibernation technology were a real thing, aka humans could be quote put to sleep for indefinite periods of time and reawakened without aging or adverse health effects? So that that is a good that is a good one. Um, yep. We should take that up. Uh, he uses that re- in a really interesting way in those books. Um, yeah, it's a very common. It, it it's almost up there with faster than light travel in terms of being a <laughs> science fiction of, story yeah, convenience. Trope. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But he really, he kind of dives into it in a very cool way. And Chris also says, and here's another idea. What the, if humans could locally go, oh, this is really wild. This is like a little bit like our little Edison story here. What the, if humans could locally control or adjust the speed of light. Yeah. That's pretty wild. That could what be handy. What if it was like, yeah, you're entering a low light speed zone. Mm-hmm. Uh, fascinating. Thanks. For, and Chris says, thanks for all your passion and humor, which he spells H-U-M-O-U-R, which I appreciate. Ah, Got that international perspective. Thanks mm-hmm. for all your passion and humor and stay safe down there. We are trying nice. um, Chris in Canada. Thank you, Chris great. Uh, You can send in your ideas to feedback at whattheif.com by email, or just go to our website, whattheif.com. You can find all our episodes there. You can subscribe if you haven't done already. You can subscribe, by the way, whatever podcast app you're using right now. If you haven't subscribed, click subscribe, and these episodes will show up automatically on your app. If you're not sure how to do that, just go to whattheif.com and you'll see all the logos there and whichever app you use, just click that and you will be subscribed. Um, Matt, do you have anything to plug? No, nothing interesting coming up. Nothing interesting. Nothing but raw triumph. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, That'd be nice. Existence. Yet another day. There's no small feat these days. so tell our listeners what do we do how do we prepare
1: for uh, well next week? as as we see the flow of electricity coming down the wire towards us uh, we wonder about the fate of each of those individual electrons uh, and experience some existential horror Wow the fate of every electron
0: mm-hmm. each one has a different fate the number of fates is truly horrifying which makes me scream
1: what? what? Non La... La...